What's poppin' everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Socially Incorrect. I'm your host, Shia Joy, here to tell you what's wrong with the world and what you can do to fix it. First up, we have a quote from Ben Franklin coming on the topic of today. An investment in knowledge pays the best interest. And you know, since today we are talking about generational wealth, I think that was the best quote to start off with. Because the only thing that kept popping up consistently and consistently and consistently every time I ask someone, why do you think that generational wealth is so unattainable for people in the black community community or other minority communities? And they kept saying ignorance, lack of education, not knowing, not investing, etc. But you have to invest in knowledge and find it for yourself. So I thought that that was the best quote to start off today with. The median wealth of black Americans has been on a constant decline while the wealth slash financial gap between whites and blacks has continued to grow further and further apart within the last few years from the 1990s until now. We know this, but we never really think about those numbers and what they actually are. And I only came to this idea because I was having a conversation with a family friend of mine recently, and she was telling me about a story of how her niece sued and got money off of her father's passing and it got and she got a very wealthy amount. She got about 10 million dollars. And instead of investing those 10 million dollars, um starting a business, putting them in stocks, buying land, buying assets, she instead spent the money on cars. Um materialistic things. She did do a smart thing and buy a house, but the things that were mostly, especially when I saw her, I didn't know that this was the reason, but when I saw her doing things, it was very materialistic, buying very expensive things, diamonds, clothes, name brands, very expensive cars, etc. And instead of investing that in a business, because I did know her and I knew that she always talked about starting a business, that's not what happened with the money. And I was wondering why that was the first reaction instead of trying to prepare her child or herself to have more wealth than that 10 million dollars since she was given that opportunity now I know that's that's none of my business but that's just the type of person I am and I like to analyze things and wonder first of all so I would never do it but why that happens in the first place and what drives people to do certain things like that and this family friend of mine, her aunt, said that it's because we're not taught how to invest our money. We're not taught the importance and the value of money in the long run. Sometimes we can't even dream that we'll get that much money or that we'll have that much money so that when we're, we get it, we're overwhelmed and we just want to get, 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 do everything that we feel like we should be doing with the money right here, right now, instead of waiting and building. And another example of that was, you notice when you go into big businesses or big offices and you'll see a black man dressed in the best Armani suit, hands down, clean, crisp, and walking over here looking like a snack, okay? Very, very, very well put together, but you'll see their white counterpart in something very simple like khakis, a blazer, a white top and maybe a maybe a tie maybe a bow tie it's nothing very extravagant but they still seem to have the same job so why 
does the black counterpart feel like they have to have all of that fancy suit, that very expensive suit, to look and have the same job as their white counterpart? And the first thing I naturally said was because they have to prove themselves. And she was like, if they already have the job, they already proved themselves. So why do you have to continue to do it every day? Even if you do have that one expensive suit, why do you need to go buy more than that one? Why can't you just have that one, maybe two, and just have them washed so that you can have nice suits for work, but you don't have to break your bank for it. And so that you don't have to lose all your money going broke to have suits for a job. Because you don't see the white counterparts doing that. They buy very cheap clothing. Actually, I see that a lot. That even in schools, the white students don't have the most expensive clothes like we actually think that they can't dress or that they don't have the style and they just want to dress like that just because that's just how white people dress I guess no it's because they're smart and they're investing in other things instead of wasting their money on clothing especially in if that makes sense now I'm just rambling but I did like I said ask a lot of people that I worked with that I know friends of mine that if they had ever had anything passed down to them, such as assets, even large sums of money, land, businesses, anything, and not many people said yes, and not even, a lot of people didn't even know someone that had had something passed down to them. Like, that's not something tangible in their lives. That's not something that they've heard of. So, why is that, right? obvious answer of systematic racism which I will touch on later but even past that even past the obvious government white people systematically trying to keep us down why can't we found a way to get past that and reach out of the boundaries and out of the barriers because it's not impossible it's not unattainable 100% we just have to work at it and see how it can happen right and like I said, a lot of people said that it was ignorance or lack of education. But then I said, but everybody doesn't have that lack of education. Some people notice that there are things that they are not learning and they go and learn themselves. A coworker of mine said something very interesting to me and just really changed my whole outlook on it because it wasn't even her answering my question. It was her saying to another co-worker after I answered my question that she doesn't actually care. She just wants to get on with her life and move around her life the way that she best see that she best sees fit. She doesn't care to find out. She doesn't care to do any of that to move up in the financial train. She just is very content not knowing, not being educated, being ignorant about it pretty much. And I just was flabbergasted because how can someone be okay being forcibly inferior and that's simply just based off fear because people fear that what they don't know people fear the unknown people fear failure so some people don't ever want to go out and put their money in stocks because what if I lose my money but you're losing the money anyway by spending it on unnecessary things. Some people don't want to invest in the um, business that, that they want to pursue they don't want to go after their dreams because of the fear of failure but you see that the very successful black people in the world have all been successful from taking a chance. 
I'm sure they were scared. I'm sure they were fearful, but they took the chance. They took the risk. They took um, the knowingness. Like my grandparents, they are not the richest in the world, but they were able to make more than what they had by simply investing. And not only investing in banks, not only investing in stocks, not only in having bonds, but they invested in themselves. They invested in their education. They wanted to know knowledge. They invested in my parents' education. They wanted our, they wanted their kids to know and have more than they did, which is why they were able to pass down that knowledge to us, me and my sisters and my cousins, and so that we can be able to have that knowledge for ourselves so that we can have ourselves and bring ourselves a better upbringing and get ourselves in a better financial situation and know that we have an option to do that but why are other families okay with not doing that understand and I think it's just the mindset that we can't have it it's the mindset of not of it being so far out and so unheard of because yes, we have systematic racism. Yes, there are functions in place to stop us from doing it like modern day slave labor because jobs, jobs here and there. I even have a few jobs um, that I worked that didn't hire people because they were homeless. And those are the type of things that work against you. Some jobs don't hire you because your ethnicity, even though they don't say that. Some jobs hire you and pay you less than they know you're worth because they want to keep, they don't want you to make too much money. They don't want to put you in a higher tax bracket. Even having the minimum wage take long times to process over, like the minimum wage in Chicago right now is supposed to, is supposed to be 13, but there are still jobs that make it very hard to obtain that thirteen dollars and it's very and it's very frustrating especially to the younger generation when we're trying to set ourselves up for the most lucrative future possible that we can't even go to a job and get the proper hours or get the proper payment because of the system trying to keep people inferior keep people where they should be or in in their lane so to speak because a lot of people don't even know that by the and a lot of people don't even know that within the next decade black americans will be at zero for the net wealth and some people don't even know what that means when i say that that net wealth everybody has one some people we as um a generation think that net wealth is just for the celebrities or the people that have a lot of money or the wealthier people in the world and no everybody in the world has net wealth everybody in the world has um something that they're worth a lot of them are negative though that's the part that they don't emphasize because we have debt we have bills that we have to pay we have car notes we have to pay for school supplies we don't have any assets that we can actually put towards our net wealth like having a car is great yes it's fantastic it's also a depreciating asset it's not something that you can make money off of over the years buying land appreciating asset that's something that you can get money for and sell over the years that starts to accrue wealth that as the years go on it starts to be worth more and more and more a car, as soon as you drive it off the lot, is worth less than you pay for it. 
you see the difference between that too. And I was just, I was just putting a lot of programs when I was growing up and they had me going out, learning my own things, searching for, cause they would, we would learn things such as credit scores at a very young age and how to, um, not getting in debt and how to do things with financial backgrounds and how to make sure ensure your financial success when you're growing up. And thankfully that put me in a space to go research financial, uh, I don't know, to give myself a financial education basically, because even a lot of people in my family, I couldn't ask because they didn't really know. And that's, I think that's the sadder part, but that's also part of the problem because people don't know things and are okay with not knowing them. And that is why I think that we haven't been able to switch our mindset to what we need to like shift the money mindset from spending to building, maybe regularly check your credit score so that you know that it's at least over a 600, 700, so that it's always in a certain range so you can keep up with the payments. Learn how to get your credit score higher so that you can be able to get loans, so that you can be able to buy land, so that you can be able to do another other things, build companies, invest in companies, um, do things that our white counterparts are doing that has been able to ensure their wealth and their financial um, stability. And obviously not all white people are stable, but most of them are because in a, even in a few years, I don't remember how many, I think about a decade or so they'll be owning 80%, 86% actually of households compared to black and Latino Americans. And it's been this way for hundreds and hundreds of years. And I'm just trying to figure out when will be the time that we want to stop being forcibly inferior. Not even because we're inferior, we have an inferior mind or we have the inferior abilities. We have an inferior education system and we let that be for fact. We're okay with that. We are content with that and we stay very stagnant in the financial sector. Even some people just get stuck in these nine to five jobs that we find when we're 20, instead of going out into pursuing our dreams, instead of having a plan, like when you have children, maybe plan for their education so that it doesn't take all of your money when, um, when it's time for them to go to school, rely on more than one source of income. Some of us get really stuck in just one job and being okay with just that one job, even though it's not giving us the money that we want. Save. Save, 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 save the money because savings accounts are very real. I know some students that I work with don't have savings accounts, even though they're about to go to college. And I'm just like, baby girl, baby girl, baby girl, you cannot go to college knowingly and be broke. Like, that's not what you should prepare yourself for. That's not what you should want. You should want to be able to focus on your education instead of having to be worried about how much money is in your bank account or um, trying to sell your soul for some books or food on campus when you should be able to save money and be able to go there and budget out accordingly and be able to have some funds in your pocket while you're in school. And that's a lot of the issue in college as well is that we're so poor 
But yes, yeah, spend so much money to do things that we don't have the money for, like spring break trips or going to parties or buying clothes or eating out all the time. And of course, I was guilty of it. My sisters were guilty of it. My dad was guilty of it. My friends are guilty of it. People are guilty of things, but it's learning how to be more financially responsible after we've gone through that stage. Now, let's get on to the systematic racism part. Because we obviously know that the system is set up against us. And that's not going to change no matter how much we want it to change. It's not going to change right now, next two years, next three years, five years, ten years. It's going to be a system of breaking down the system. But that's what our generation is for, for us to learn, raise our voices, ask questions, break it down, and fix it up. And here's some statistics for you. According to the New York Times, for every $100 in a white family wealth, black families hold $5.04. For every $100, we share $5.04. Talk about a gap, okay? And then, according to the economy. And then, according to the Economic Policy Institute, found that more than one in four black households have zero or negative net worth compared to less than one in 10 white families without wealth. Basically meaning that every one in four black families have zero net worth. Like I said earlier, everybody has a net worth and it's usually at zero. But the negative is because of all of the debt and the things that we don't have paid off because we don't have stocks or because of the student loans that we do have in college. Speaking of college, there are a lot of unclaimed scholarships that we are okay with not filling out because it takes a lot of work or the application is long. I was filling out every single job um, scholarship application that I could that applied to me because they have scholarships out here for everything. When I say everything, I mean everything. There are so many more ways to go to college than to put yourself thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. Learning to work harder in school so that even because school is honestly bullshit. They don't teach us much that we're going to lose use outside of the world. Like we don't get real financial classes that we're going to use outside of the world. We just get random math. Nobody really uses math afterwards. So we have to get on this train ourselves and learn it for ourselves because it's honestly ridiculous because it's one in four for every black family and it's less than one in 10 for white families. Understand the gap. And then the Institute for Policy Studies recent report showed that between 1983 and 2013, the wealth of black households declined 75% from 6,000 $800 to $1,700, which isn't shit in the first place. $6,800 is not a lot, but it went from $6,800 to $1,700. And for Latino households, it declined 50% from $4,000 to $2,000. But at that same time, the wealth for medium white households increased 14%. Increased, you heard it correctly, increased 14%. From 100,000 and 100, how do you say this number? Oh, oh, 102,000 to 116,000. Oh, my bad, 116,800. 
So the so already in 1983, it was only $6,800 compared to $102,000. That's already a huge gap. So not only that, now it's $1,700 and $116,000. Like, I'm speechless because that's such a huge gap. And $116,000 a year is not no millionaire status by any means, but it is so stable. Like, there's nothing that you would have an issue with. And you can save and you can be able to even increase that wealth, maybe even start a business. But with $1,700, you'll be lucky to pay your bills every month. That is how it's been. And we think that somehow racism and all this other discrimination is getting better when in in hindsight it's getting worse. It's just getting worse under wraps because we don't take the time to find out about it if it's not on social media it's not something we know about, which is something that we need to fix. Because let's give you an example of how this even came to par. So when the Great Depression hit in the 1930s, as a part of the New Deal, the Federal Housing Administration created loan programs, okay? And those loan programs obviously helped People get ownership of homes, so that's where loans came in and became more accessible for Americans around the time that we started also having credit cards and things of the sort. Things that could accrue interest and you pay the bank back more money, which is in hindsight how they make their funds. But the government was smart enough to obviously create color-coded maps. The green was for good neighborhoods, so in Chicago that would be like Lincoln Park, every area up north. And then there was the red for bad neighborhoods, which are like places out south, out west, basically where all the black people live. And they used that to determine where you live and also determine who got the loans. Obviously, the red neighborhoods were designed with red because the black people and other people of color lived in them. So this was the process called redlining. This systematically prevented people of color to get the loans without even knowing that they were people of color based on where they lived. This encouraged developers in green areas to explicitly discriminate against non-whites. So it was also hard not only for them to get the loans in the areas that they lived, but if they tried to live, I mean, if they tried to move to a green-coated area, it would be hard for them to do that as well because the homeowners and um, people in the neighborhood and people that were selling the homes didn't want it to become a red line neighborhood so they had to keep it as pristine as possible so this usually led into households of color into wealth stripping <laughs> and they got land contracts where they paid prices for homes that they could lose very easily because they did not own them. So this resulted obviously in a very huge gap in the home loans and who they went to. 98% of them went to white families from 1934 to 1962. So for basically 30 years, 
white people are already ahead of us being able to own land, own houses, get loans. Whether they were in debt or not, they were able to get the loan to be able to get the house and their house would not be taken from them. We were have to we were able to get a house hard. It took us a very long time to be able to even get the process, but once we got the land, it will be able to get stripped from us whenever they want it. That's the basic system of how the systematic of how it became systematic and how it was able to keep us from developing something as basic as a property to own, a home to own. Like, perfect example, when my mom passed, even though she was paying the mortgage, she was paying everything on time, and it was in her name, it wasn't able to get transferred to me because she didn't have 100% ownership. I was only 19, 20 years old, so how can I pay for a full house? It wasn't even something that they could work with. So the redlining is not something that stopped in 1962. They just got more secretive about it. So they took back the whole house and said that I could pay for it in full. But how can I do that if I was only 19 or 20 years old? So things haven't changed. Things haven't moved. It just became, they just became smarter about how to be snakes in the grass and how to keep things from us so we don't understand them. And then there's another thing about healthcare. If we don't, if we have to, if there's a lot of um, black people I know that still work hourly jobs, hourly jobs don't always give you healthcare. And healthcare is so expensive. And so we finally have a healthcare system in place. And the first thing that a white supremacist wanted to do in office was take that away from us. Because that's another way that they have to keep us inferior. We have to understand that us not having the wealth. And it's not even about being wealthy. It's not even about being a millionaire, billionaire. It's about being able to have the simple standards and evening out the playing field for the rest of the generations. We can't let we can't let 2053 get here and the net worth of black and medium wealth of black Americans get down to zero. We started in this country at zero. We cannot get back to that point. So this episode is getting a little lengthy, guys. I don't want it to be too long. I started rambling, went off on a tangent. But thank you for tuning in to today's episode. I really do appreciate all your support. Please download, subscribe, share, tell your friends. Tune in to my next episode if you like what you hear. Otherwise, thank you for listening.